don't know about you guys, but I have been enjoying each week, uh, each one doing our welcome and doing our offering, and haven't they done a fantastic job? Amen. And so, uh, your turn's coming. And uh, yes, uh, when I ask, you can say no. And we've had people say no, and that's fine. Uh, but we will give an opportunity from time to time. And uh, we just appreciate everyone taking a part and being a part of the Lord's house. And uh, what a blessing it is. We just want to say a big I love you. And uh, our love and condolences to two of our precious members. Uh, Brother Juan, his mother, went to be with the Lord uh, a few days ago. And we've been praying for her and for his family and for them. We were praying. We love you. And uh, Sister Nancy, her mom, went to be with the Lord yesterday. And uh, yesterday? Friday, Friday. I, I lose track of time. Friday. And uh, our, just our prayers and love with you and your family. There's nothing like uh, losing a parent. It just, uh, you never, you always miss them. Uh, we, we, we know where they're at. And we're happy for them. Uh, but, but, but our hearts, we, we, we miss our loved ones. And so be, be, in, be in prayer this week uh, for the services that the Lord just comfort uh, each of these families and, and minister to them. It's just so wonderful to see Joey and Sarah here visiting with us today. Uh, they're not visiting. They're just in their right spot. That's all. So good to have them today. Somebody say God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. I'm, I'm going to just continue this morning uh, where we were at last week uh, in Matthew chapter number 25. And so let's go back there again today. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. And uh, we're going to start in just a few minutes in verse number 14. And uh, last week we, we looked at the parable of uh, the, 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 the groomsman, the groom coming for his bride. And for, uh, they had the, the ten virgins, the five with, the, were wise that had oil in their lamp, and the five that were foolish uh, that had no extra oil. And they allowed their lamps to run low and run dry. And uh, they missed when the bridegroom come. We're talking about uh, the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming. We don't know the day or the hour. Uh, but as we, uh, because so many times we get so caught up in, in so many things, and during the year we, we preach on so many things, and this is the year of recovery. And we're declaring recovery in our relationship with God, recovery uh, in our family, in our marriages, in our children, in our recovery, in our finances, recovery uh, in our mind, and all those things. But I want to, this last week and this week, I want us to recover our readiness. Recover our expectation, our expectancy. Because we must have it in our heart. I've said this many times, and I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it somewhere. Uh, my Uncle Daniel said, everything you know, you learn from somebody else. And, uh, but I've heard it said, and I've said it many times, we must prepare like we're going to be here a hundred years but we need to plan like today's our last day we need to live like Jesus could come at the very next breath 
Because for two of our saints, He did come this week. He did call their name. They did go be with Him in heaven. They did go stand before God. And each one of us, we are going to stand before God. But there is coming a time when Jesus, amen, the angels and the disciples, amen, the crowd that was gathered, when Jesus ascended and they stood there with their mouths open and the angel said, this same Jesus that you see going away is coming back in like manner. And since that time, We've looked and we've preached and we've prepared. But he said one of the signs of the last day would be people not expecting. People not prepared. People not ready. And even scoffers saying, where's the promise of his coming? We've heard it over and over and over and over and over. But you know what can I tell you today? It's just closer today than it was. God's Word is true. Now, uh, you know, the, how, many, how many knows the Ten Commandments? How many's ever read that one that says, Thou shalt not lie? You know, thou shalt not bear false witness, especially in church on Sunday morning. So with that being prefaced, let me ask, how many of you did your homework and read Matthew chapter 24? Let me see your hands. Okay. You have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. What'd you think? Is it enlightening? Now, if, uh, if, if everybody had raised your hand, I wouldn't have had to do this. But for those of you who didn't do your homework, I'm going to have to read it for you now. Because, uh, I, it, because it's necessary. We're... we're, we're we're, we're going to get to the end, and then we're going to go into this next story, this next parable, which was alluded to here in the end. Uh, but there's just some things happening right now in our world that lets us know that we are in the end times. And so let's just go back, turn, turn the page, and let's just start in uh, verse chapter 24, verse number 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple... And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Say ye not these things. Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now let me just stop there. <laughs> if I stop at every few verses, we may not even get through this chapter. Uh, we stood, we were in Israel. I stood at this temple. This temple was a beautiful uh, Ephesus, a beautiful building. Uh, stones hewn out, that some of them big as buses. Some of them as big as 92 feet long. I mean, this was a spectacular, beautiful uh, facility that had been built. And, and the disciples came, and they were in awe of it. And they were pointing it out to Jesus and saying, Man, isn't this fantastic? And Jesus said, hey, listen, this temple is going to be torn down and not one stone left on another. And I'm sure they thought, that's craziness. But 70 years later, 70 A.D., 
the Romans came in and destroyed that temple. And we were right there. And I stood and I looked over at all the rubble. These huge stones, some of my biggest buses, strewn out across there. Just as Jesus said. Does it amaze you or is it just me? That Jesus seemed to know what he was talking about. It was like he knew the future or something. Just as he said, it happened. And then they went and they sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. That's everybody's question. When is the end of the world? And Jesus said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes, in divers are different places. In just in recently, the last few years, we have had a record-breaking number of earthquakes in places that they never even thought an earthquake would take place. Jesus said it. And all these are the beginning of sorrow. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. You shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. And right now all of the world, the Christian faith is being persecuted, prosecuted. People are going to jail. People are losing their heads. People are dying for the cause of Christ. Just because we're not seeing it here on our soul, even though the church is being attacked. It is. Christianity is what's under attack. It's not the other religions. It's Christianity. They don't want you to pray in the name of Jesus. It's the Bible that's being attacked. In these days, you're going to be hated. And you're going to be delivered. And many of you killed. And then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another. And hate one another. I wonder when that will happen. I wonder when one group will look at another group and go, why aren't you wearing a mask? I wonder when families in neighborhoods will call the cops on other families in their neighborhood because they have too many people gathered there. That would never happen. So many of these things we go, that would never happen until it happened. They would never take away our rights, never take away our freedom, never tell us we couldn't assemble. This is America. We have the right to assemble. But it happened. They'll betray one another, hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Right now, there's more deception, more false teaching more false doctrine and people that that it's amazing people are falling away from the gospel of Jesus Christ because they're looking at all these other things and think it not strange he declared it it's going to happen the 
iniquity shall abound. Sin shall abound. Uh, Anybody would look around and tell me, is sin on the increase or the decrease? Is evil on the rise or the decline? I mean, we're looking at a time where he said, iniquity shall abound and the love of many shall wax cold. I mean, we're seeing, I mean, people, for, for whatever reason pandemic or whatever. Amen. They stopped coming to the house of God. But now that everything's back open, they can go everywhere else except the house of God. Why? It's nothing to do with the pandemic. Just the love of many wax cold. Our relation gets, gets, gets cold. It, 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 it gets to a place to where, as Jenny was saying, we're kind of in a spiritual drought. And, and I don't feel anything. And therefore I just kind of Stay away. I'm not reading like I should, praying like I should, worshiping like I should. And he said it would happen. But ye, I'm sorry, but he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. Does anybody want to endure to the end? Does anybody want to quit in the middle? Does anybody want to get just a few feet from the finish line and give up? No, great is our reward if we will stand fast. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, he's going to reap. Listen, we're going to stand before God and give an account. And I want us to renew and recover our readiness for Jesus. I want you to be able to every night lay your head on your pillow and not have to worry if I were to die tonight, where would I go? If I were to stand before God, what would I say? We've got to know that we know that we know that Jesus Christ is Lord of our life. That He is, we've made Him Lord and Savior. And that we are attempting to live a life for Him. Can I get an amen? Verse number 14, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. For a witness unto all nations. And I want you to listen to this next little verse. Because, listen, what did he say? Wars, rumors of wars, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. Russia right now, uh, killing thousands of Ukrainians. Right now, last night, Iran shot missiles at the U.S. consulate in Iraq. China wanting to, uh, really wanting to take back over Taiwan. They're just watching to see what happens all of this, he, Jesus said, don't, 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 uh, don't worry. This is the beginning of sorrows. This is not the end. But then he said, the gospel shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. Pastor, when's the end going to come? When the gospel's been preached to the whole nation, the whole world. When every person has heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And we find out in Revelation that even if there happens to be those that haven't heard, God's going to send an angel amen, that's going to fly across and it's going to declare the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ so that make sure that every single person has heard and had an opportunity to accept Him or reject Him so that when they stand before God, no one will be able to say, I didn't know. You heard and rejected or you heard and you accepted. But when the gospel's preached. So church, you want Jesus to come quicker? Start doing your job a little better. 
Start telling your neighbors about Jesus. Tell your co-workers about Jesus. Amen. Start supporting missionaries that are going to the world. Start, start giving to the, the Gideons that are passing out Bibles. Amen. And translations all over the world where they've never heard the gospel. When this gospel is preached all over the world, then shall the end be. But until then, all hell's going to break loose. And we're already beginning to see the beginning of it. Wherefore? When you therefore see this abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Now, we just read it. Does anybody understand? When you see the man stand, desecrate the temple, the abomination of desolation, Spoken of by Daniel. Do, do you understand that? You understand Daniel's 70th week and all that? Not a lot of people do. It's confusing. 167 B.C. 167 B.C. before Christ. Antiochus Epiphanes, the king of Syria, was one of the countries and one of the times that took over Jerusalem. They fell many times to many different nations because their constant turning from God. God said, if you honor me, you serve me, you worship me, I'll bless you. But every time they turned to other gods, other nations conquered them. So in 167 B.C., the king of Syria, Antiochus Epiphanes, took over Jerusalem. And he came in and he offered a pig. Now, you know, in Jew- Jewish culture, I mean, we were, in, in, we were there in Jerusalem. I did not get a BLT. You're not, you're not getting any bacon. That was the lowest of the lows, unclean. Their, 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 their altars were to make sacrifices unto God. And Antiochus Epiphanes came in and he offered a pig on their altar to the god Zeus. And he desecrated the temple. It was called the abomination of desolation. But it was a forerunner. Antiochus was a forerunner of the Antichrist. In the Great Tribulation, seven years of Great Tribulation, we're going to see more things that's going to happen in just a moment in this chapter. Three and a half years... The Antichrist is going to come in. The Jews are going to accept him. See, they don't believe Jesus has come yet. They're looking for Messiah. They're going to believe he's Messiah. He's going to set himself up as Messiah. He's going to bring peace to that whole region over there in the Middle East. They're going to be offering their sacrifices and everything's going to be great. But at the three and a half year period, the Antichrist is going to come into Judah take over, set himself up in the temple as the king, and is going to once again offer a swine on that altar. Then the Bible says their eyes will be opened that he's not the Messiah, that he is the Antichrist, and they're going to begin to flee, and he's going to begin to slaughter them. And the Bible says that next three and a half years of tribulation is going to be such as the world has never known. When you therefore see 
the abomination of desolation spoke of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. Now you understand a little bit more of what he's talking about. Verse 16. Then let them which are in which be in Judah flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop come not down to take anything out of his house. Neither him which is in the field return to take his clothes. For woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath. For then shall the great tribulation, as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall rise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, in so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. Wherefore? If they say unto you, Behold, he's in the desert, go not forth. He's in the secret chamber, believe it not. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there the eagles will gather together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, the stars shall fall from the heavens, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Then there shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know not, you know that summer's nigh. So likewise, ye, when you shall see all these things, know that it's near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of where they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in a field, one taken, the other left. Two women grinding at the meal, one taken, the other left. Watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But this know. That if the goodman of the house had known what. When the thief was coming. He would have watched. And would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore. Be ye also ready. For in such an hour as ye think not. The son of man cometh. I heard a testimony not very long ago made me laugh because I thought to myself and, and even he said I know it don't work that way now but this young man was raised in church with a Christian family but he got away from God and he began to sell drugs and he became a major drug dealer and he said 
his own testimony. He came back to the Lord. Every drug deal he made, that while he was making the deal in his head and in his mind, he was saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is fixing to come right now. Because he said, if I say he's coming now, he won't come. Because the Bible says, no man knows the day of the hour he's coming. So if I think it's right now, it won't be right now, and I won't be left. So every drug deal he made, he was making it saying, Jesus is fixing to come right now. What a miserable life. Well, he came back to Jesus, thank the Lord. And he said, I know it doesn't really work that way, but that's kind of where I was at right then. But he's coming in an hour we think not. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom when his Lord hath made ruler over his household... I want you to listen to these next few verses very closely. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom when his Lord cometh shall find him so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all of his goods. But if he, but if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, eat and drink with, and be drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder or into pieces and appoint him with the hypocrites and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Doesn't sound fun, does it? So that's Matthew chapter 24. That's what you're supposed to read last week. So we have a little bit of these signs shall be... This, this, these are some things that's going to be happening that helps us to look and say the Lord's coming. And when we read that, I think I can read enough of it and see it happening to go, I think it's close. I think, as the Scripture said, it's at the door. I see the beginnings, at least the beginning of sorrows. And so, there's a whole lot more. I, I, I know you're, a lot of you are like me. I mean, right now, I feel like I am in the tribulation paying $5 a gallon for diesel. That pretty much feels like tribulation, doesn't it? But we haven't seen anything yet. Part of the tribulation would be such a great famine that even the, the cost of bread, the cost of everything is fixed to skyrocket. Well, right now, that's fixed to happen anyway because one of the countries that does most of our grain is we're, in, it's have, we're having issues we got some issues in the world. And it's going to affect us. What have I been saying for a year or more? Get ready. Fill your pantries. We don't live in fear. We live in faith. But we have some common sense. You look and go, I see these things. And when I see these signs, he said, when you see the fig tree and it's starting to sprout new, new leaves, you go, hey, spring's coming. You look around and you go, Things are not looking good. I mean, you go to the store, you can't even hardly find a can of biscuits. Who is hoarding the biscuits? Stop it. I need some grand's biscuits. It was toilet paper there for a while. I mean, COVID was a respiratory issue, but we stored toilet paper. I don't know. I don't get it. But we've got problems in the world. What have I been telling you? 
get ready. Be prepared. Let's get recover our readiness. Let's get ready for what's coming on the world. Let's be wise. He said, look at the ant. I mean, she works through the summer and stores up for the winter. I'm telling you, winter's coming. And it might be right in the middle of summer. But are you prepared? Get that generator if you can. Get those, get that bottles of propane. Be able to cook. Get you some. You say, Pastor, for how much? For how long? I don't know. I'm just saying, let's recover our readiness. Let's be prepared whatever happens. I mean, right now, there's a very big possibility because of all the sanctions, the things we're doing against Russia. They have some of the best hackers. They've already hacked some of the biggest companies. It would be nothing for them to shut down our power grid. And if they did, guess what? You're not getting nothing at the store because that little cashier cannot count change. She does no multiplication. She does no subtraction. She can't count unless that cash register tell her how much and then they get confused. No, they're shutting down. We're not going back to doing it by hand. They don't know how. You're not going to get gas because the pumps can't run without electricity. I'm telling you, it would be very easy. And these are things that's possible. May not happen. But what if it did? Would you be ready? Oh, I want to be ready when Jesus comes. But I wanted to be ready when that snowstorm came. I had, I, I had a little nice little heater. And I was like, I remembered. I got that. We got that kerosene heater. I was excited, and I went out and got it, and then realized I didn't have no kerosene. And so I called every store in town. Got on Amazon. Nobody had it. See, now's the time. We we prepare before the event happens because if if it when we wait till it happens, we're not prepared. As a side note, that's for free. Just get ready. So, we're, we're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 14. Uh, at the next parable, Jesus is talking about being prepared for the bridegroom. Now, the, the, the virgins, uh, five got to go in to the marriage supper. Five were shut outside. He said, I never knew you. Now then, we have an example of uh, three servants. The master is getting ready to go on a long trip. And he's going to come back, but they don't know when he's coming back. But the master leaves them some instruction. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, Unto another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that hath received the five talents went, traded with the same, and made them another five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two, and he that received one went, digged a hole in the ground, and hid it dug the hole in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of whose servants cometh reckoned with them 
And so he that had received the five came and brought another five, saying, Lord, thou delivered to me five talents. Behold, I've gained another five. Here's ten. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He that had received two talents came in and said, Lord, thou delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you are a man, you're a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not strode. I was afraid. I hid thy talent in the earth. And lo, here, I, I, here's what I have. There thou hast what I have is thine. I didn't lose it. I didn't gain. Here's your money back. And the Lord answered to him, Thy wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not. I gather where I strode. I've not strode. Thou oughtest at least put my money to an exchange or in the bank. And at my coming, you would have received mine own with usury, or I would have received interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him which has the ten. And everybody growing up in 2022 goes, That's not fair. That's not fair. Take the man's one and give it to the one with ten. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me, let me take my few ref- last moments and just lay out a few things for you. Number one, it said a master called his own servants to him. How many would declare today that you are a servant of the Lord? I'm a child of the Most High God. I belong to Him. He didn't call somebody else's servants. He called his own servants. God has called us and he's given us a purpose. And he gave them some talents. Now, I want you to notice everything about the talent. Now, what was a talent? Let's say uh, uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was worth a dollar. So he gave one five dollars and he gave one two dollars and he gave one one dollar. That's really no big deal, is it? See, that's kind of how our mindset is. But that's not the case. He called his servants and he gave unto them one talent, which one talent equaled about five or six thousand denali, which was in that time about 15 year wages. Let's just bring it today. What's the national average of wage? Do that by about 15. Let's say, basically, he gave that first man about a million bucks. He gave the second guy about five to seven hundred thousand, and the last guy maybe about three hundred thousand. Now, then, all of a sudden, in our mind, we're going, now that makes a little more difference. Because if you just give me a buck, I don't have a whole lot of urgency 
How many knows what I'm talking about? But all of a sudden now, I've got a million dollars in my hand that you have entrusted me with, that you are leaving for me to maintain, leaving for me to work, and expecting a return on your investment. Can I tell you today, God expects a return from you. You are His servant, and you are profitable. Because the Bible declares, if you are an unprofitable servant, He's going to cast you out into outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And we know that's a description of hell. The second death. I do not want to be unprofitable. Let's just determine today, we are not going to be unprofitable. I want to be a profitable servant. I want you to notice another thing that he gave. Why didn't he give them all the same? Because see, if, if this was nowadays, uh, with, with, with the way our mentality and the way people are being taught now, we got to be fair. we got to be equal. The, the Constitution says all men are created equal. And the Bible even declares that. But it does not say we're the same. I'm just as precious to God as you are. You're just as precious to God that I am. But you and I are not the same. Brother Johnny can take some wood and build the most magnificent cabinets that you've ever seen. And I can't. Does God love him any more than he does me? No. But I do not have that talent. Lord, don't entrust me with a stack of wood. I mean, I, I, I'll screw it all together, but it ain't going to look good. Amy can take a math problem and solve it. I can't. I'm telling you, we're not the same. These servants were not the same. With every job you look at on your job, the people that occupy all the different levels, amen, they're all precious in God's sight. They're all equal, but they're not the same. They have different abilities, different educations, different qualifications, and the boss requires more out of upper management than he does the box boy. Do you agree? But I can tell you, my brother was the bottle racker right up here at this little store was Lassiter's, which turned into Piggly Wiggly, which turned into Beards. And he was the bottle racker. Back then, you brought your bottles back. You got a five-cent deposit or ten-cent, and then they would leave them. And then the store, the, the, the company would come pick them up, and he got hired. How, what, how old? 16? To rack those bottles. And you know what he did? He racked those bottles better than anybody else racked those bottles. And he showed himself faithful over little. And he showed that he could rack bottles when it was cold and nobody else wanted to rack bottles. And he was faithful. So they moved him up. And he was faithful. And they moved him up. And he was faithful. And they moved him up. 
until he ran not only those stores, but a lot of stores. And he made them a lot of money. And then one day they came in and said, thank you for your service. <laughs> Which was the best thing. It pushed him off into business for himself. And that's why he's successful. But see, if you're not willing to be faithful in little, you see, at 16, he had the ability to rack bottles. He didn't have the ability to run the store. But because he did his job faithfully and he learned every level, he got elevated. So these guys, listen, they didn't have the same ability. And God gave them talents according to their ability. The New Living says he gave the one five bags of silver. Still a lot of money. And he gave the other one two, and then the one. They all had the ability. You see, the one with the one, we look at him and we go, oh, poor thing. He, no, 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 no. God, the, the, the Lord, the Master, knew he had the talent to handle that one. But he just didn't use it. To his best ability. So when the master came back. He came. And here's what he did. I love this. Because this. I, I thank God. We look at people all the time. In the Bible. Very very strictly says. Do not judge yourself. Or do not compare yourself. With other people. We have a big problem with that. Don't we? We always compare ourselves. With other people. And then. Well if I don't measure up. Now I don't feel good. Here these servants came. And the first one came and the Lord said, Hey, you know, you have the talent. You have the ability. I gave you five. What would you do with it? He said, Hey, I went out. I invested it. I worked hard. I made five more. Here's ten. He said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Great is your reward. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. Then he called the one with two and he said, Hey, what would you do with it? And the one with two said, Oh, hey, I, I took the two you gave me and I worked hard and I sowed and, and then I got two more. And the master said, You big dummy, why didn't you get five like the other one? Is that what he said? No. Because see, the master never judges your ability according to somebody else's ability. The Lord is judging your profitability off of what he gave you and what you do with it. You're never going to be judged on the abilities of someone else. You're not going to be judged on their successes and you're not going to be held accountable for their mistakes. Aren't you glad? But, he said, I gave you two. You had that ability. What'd you do with it? He said, hey, I went out. I invested it. I worked hard. I made two more. Here you go. Here's four. He said, well done. I mean, look, look, he said the exact same thing to the one with two as he said to the one with five. Because the Lord's looking, he's not looking at the amount, he's looking at what you did with your talent, your ability, your calling, your purpose. We've already said, he is the master. He has gone off on a long trip. And we don't know when he's coming back. But he is coming back. And when he comes back, he said, Well, I find faith on the earth. And when he comes back, the Bible declares every man's going to stand before God and give an account. What did you do with what I gave you? And the last one said, Nothing. I didn't do nothing. 
I, I, I was scared. I was afraid. I knew you're a hard man. You're a, you're a tough boss. I knew that you required something. And so I, I didn't want to lose what you gave me, so I just hid it in the ground, and here you go. And the master said, You wicked, lazy servant. At least you could have put my money in the bank and gained interest. I'd have made a little return, but you didn't do nothing. He said, Take that one from him, give it to the one with ten. We live in a society now which is so going, pushing towards socialism, which is, will lead to... Con- Look, do you know why? Do you know why? Let me ask it again. Do you know why? Ukraine, the, the, the citizens are taking up arms. Do you know why they're fighting so hard? They tasted freedom. They've been under communism. They've been under Stalin. They've been under that regime. And they've tasted freedom. And they'd rather die than go back to it. We have tasted, we've had so much freedom, but we take it for granted. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose it because we're not willing to fight for it. What? Are you doing with what God has given you? He said, take this unprofitable servant and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. When you've much given, much is required. See, I don't know what God's given you. I don't know what ability, what talent. I don't know what God's called you to do. But I just know this, I'm not going to be judged according to yours and you're not going to be judged according to mine. We're all going to be judged personally. And God is a faithful and just God. And He's going to look at what we have, what He's given us and what we've done with it. He's going to determine whether we're profitable or unprofitable. And I don't know about you, but I want to be profitable. I want to make something. I want to earn something. I want to give something. I want to be able to say, Father, Master, Lord, Savior, you gave me your Son. And I took Him. And I welcomed Him. And I received Him. And you saved me and forgave me and washed me and cleansed me. And now I'm on my way to heaven. And then I sat down... And I didn't tell anybody else because I was scared. I was afraid they'd make fun of me and they'd laugh at me. And so here I am, Jesus. I'm saved and I'm in heaven, but I'm all by myself. I didn't bring nobody with me. I don't want to say that. I want to say, Lord, you gave your son. He died on the cross for me. I heard the gospel. I accepted Him as my Lord and Savior. I've been delivered from hell. And I'm on my way to heaven. And I want to tell everybody about Jesus. I want everybody to have the same opportunity that I had. To have their sins forgiven. And live eternity with heaven. 
I want to take my talents, my gifts, and my abilities, and I want to use them to the best for your kingdom. I want to work wherever you've placed me. I want to work with, 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 with character and with honesty and with integrity. And I want them to see and I want to rise and I'll prosper and be blessed here on this earth. If I'll do that, the Lord promised it. But when I stand before God, I want to hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter the joys of the Lord. See, stop looking at somebody else and going, Wow, man, look at their talent. They've got five. I wish I had five. If I had five, I'm telling you, I only got this one. But if I had five, man, I would do something. If I had five, I'm telling you, I'd be out there preaching the gospel. I would go to the world. If I had five like they do, man, I would do something for Jesus. But I just have one, so I can't really do much. Stop worrying about what other people have, what God's entrusted, what other people are doing, and take what God has placed in your hand and in your heart and start doing the very best you can because the Master is returning from his long trip. And when he gets home, he's going to want an account. He's coming and he's requiring something. What do I have to give him? What am I going to offer him? What am I going to be able to say I did with the talents and the gifts and the abilities? the purpose and the plans that He put in my heart. The, the, he's calling some of you to do something, but you're afraid to step out and do it. Come on, don't, don't, don't be afraid. If He gave you the talent, maybe He just gave you the one. Maybe He gave you the five. It's because He knows you can handle it. Maybe He gave you two because He knows you have the ability to handle it. Whatever He gave you, He gave it to you because He knew you could do something with it. Now go make the best of it in your home, in your family, in your city, on your job. Come on, use what God has given you and make a difference in this world. Because Jesus is coming back. And I want to be able to say, Lord, I took what you gave me. I used it. Here's a harvest now of more souls, of more people. I grew the kingdom, Brother Cody. I grew the kingdom. That's what I want to do. I'm not trying to grow my pocketbook or grow my bank account. Or the Lord will take care of that. He'll bless you when you work hard. But listen, we're trying to grow the kingdom. Are you ready? Are you ready for the return of the Master? Uh, today, I want us to recover our readiness. Recover our preparedness. Come on, get ready. What are we going to do? We're going to plan we're gonna we're gonna live we're gonna prepare like we'll be here a hundred years you know one of the reasons why i'm telling you i know some of people not some of you the ones that's not here i, I just know some people and who knows i might be one i may be one of them i don't know if i knew the lord was returning on this date, this time, this hour, 
Number one, I'd be, I'd be getting ready for it. I'd be making sure I'd ready. But there'd be a whole lot of people out there buying new cars and new houses and new boats and all that going, <laughs> I'm going I'm, I'm to enjoy a little bit and then Jesus is coming I don't have to pay for it. I'll just leave it for... The Lord said, I'm not telling y'all when I'm coming. I'm going to let it be a surprise. I want you to think it could be at any moment. My grandmother said they used to live every day. They'd take their clothes off at night and lay them out thinking they wouldn't need them tomorrow because Jesus was coming. You know what? One day he came far. I don't know whether he's going to come for me personally or whether I'll be here when the trumpet sounds. He said he, the angels are going to come and blow a trumpet and he's going to gather all of his people from the, all the ends of the earth. That's going to happen. We stood there over Megiddo where that great battle is going to take place between the Antichrist and the Lord and his saints. They say right now, many, many buzzards and things are gathering over there. Because the Bible says he's going to call all the fowls of the air to come to the great feast. To feast on the carcasses where the blood flows to the horse's bridle. There's a lot of things coming up on this world. But thank God as believers, we don't have to fear none of them. Amen? We're going to make it through. We're going to be faithful. Say, What about the mark of the beast? Let me tell you, it's not the vaccine. The COVID vaccine is not... You're not going to take the mark of the beast accidentally. You're going to know it. I still think that's a personal choice. It would be a mandate, but it's personal. Do what you want to do. But there's a lot of things coming up on this world. But I'm ready. I'm not fearful of those things. I'm looking up. Whatever we're going to have to endure, if I have to endure, if I have to give my head, thank God. I'm not just... It's not one of my goals in life, Brother John, to be a, to get that martyr's crown. There's a martyr's crown. And there's going to be millions who receive it. There's still people. There are people today will die because of the name of Christ. And they'll receive a martyr's crown. That's not, Brother... My pastor, that's not one I'm looking for. But if I have to, I'll lay my life down. I want to be ready. There's some terrible stuff coming up on this world. But you know what? Let's don't be worried about that. What we need to be more focused on is, Lord, what am I doing with what you've given me? The world's in a mess. But am I going to get all crazy and fearful and freaked out like everybody else? Or right in the midst of it, am I going to have something to offer them? Do I have some hope and some peace and some joy? Do I have something to give my family? Do I have something to give my friends and my co-workers? Do I have? Yes, you do. He has given you that talent. He's entrusted it to you. And He's coming back. And He's going to want to know what you've done with it. Let's make the best of it. Heavenly Father, today we're so grateful for Your Word. We're so grateful for Your presence. We're so grateful that, Lord, when we read all of these things and we watch the news and we go, wow, they're lining up. We are in the end times, but the end is not yet. There's still a lot has to be 
accomplish a lot. There's a lot more evil to come. But there's a lot more glory to come too. So Lord, I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to give my heart right. I'm going to be ready whenever you call me. I'm going to be ready to give my life if need be. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to resist. I'm not going to give in or give up or give out. I'm just ready. I'm going to live in faith, not fear. And Lord, forgive me. Could I just lead you in that prayer this morning? Would you say with me, Lord, forgive me for not using what you've given me to the best of my ability. Forgive me for hiding my talent. Today, I determine I'm capable, I'm able, and I'm willing to use what God has given me to make a difference in my generation. To my family, my friends, my co-workers. Father, I just declare today, Lord, you've heard your people's cry and they said, Lord, I'm sorry. All of us have been guilty of laziness and laying aside and hiding from our talents and our callings. But today, we determine and declare we're going to use them to the best of our abilities. Give us wisdom. Lord, how do I use what you gave me? What a, how do I serve my job? How do I serve my boss? How do I serve my co-workers? How do I serve my family? How do I serve my church family? Lord, I want to use what you've given me to forward the kingdom of God and bring honor to Jesus Christ. When I leave this building today, I'm going out into that world determined to use it. Not to hide it. To make a difference. And when you come back, I'm going to be able to give you something. I'm going to be able to give you profit. Increase. Let the Holy Spirit right now just speak to your heart. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use Anything, Lord, you can use me. Come on, everybody, say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. However you see fit. Use my mouth. Use my hands. Use my feet. Use my talents, my abilities. My life is yours. 
Father, I just declare your favor over your people, your blessings upon their homes, their finances, their children, their marriages, their businesses, and just declare this week blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give Miss Amy a big hand clap today as she comes?